This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is a winning Monday, September 28th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYU's next dancing star, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, that ain't happening, but uh, my wife's like, I... She's like, you're a good dancer. I go, no, it's not that I'm good. It's that I'm not bad. I'm just okay. I'm just okay. But you know who's better than okay? The BYU football team. They had some fun moments. <laughs> I know some people were like, what is this? But as Uncle Maui tweeted something like this, hey, send in your best moves, and until then, stop talking crap on our guys. <laughs> so on the sideline, there, was no, there were no fans in the stands, right? It was really weird. We were both at the game. This was very weird. You were literally the only man in the stands at any point, basically. Uh, which was very unique. Pre-game, which was crazy. But there were some dances. So during the game, they played Turbulence, right, uh, before uh, kickoff. Jason Ayu, the director of recruiting, as well as Billy Nixon, who I believe, is he on the uh, equipment staff? I'm trying to remember yes. his involvement. They are dancing uh, on the sideline. And this got put out, and people were talking about it. It was funny. And then Wes Wright as well did kind of Night at the Roxbury-looking thing. Uh, so the Barstool Sports is like when someone brings that 36-pack of Diet Coke. Which I was like, we can all kind of relate to that. Yeah, so here's here's video. Billy Nixon, Jason IU dancing. They're just trying to create some energy. Hey, hey, why are we laughing? And then there's Wes Wright during the broadcast, right? Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 dun. No, listen, they're feeling, they're feeling it. I'm not big on dance shaming because... Not everyone has the same skill, and your body just feels a rhythm, and you just do it. You, you just do something, right? Not everyone's like the doing the TikToks, uh, perfect. You know what I mean? These guys were doing their best, and it was fun. Our guy Jamal Williams came to the defense of Billy Nixon on Twitter and said, "Billy Nixon is doing what we all do. Exactly, just feeling Dancing the rhythm is part of the game. We are all Billy Nixon. <laughs> Keep dancing." Kalani, Kalani talked about it after the game with you. It was funny. Yes, yes, we did. Oh, I specifically brought that up because it needed to be brought up. It went viral for good reason. Lot to dance about. We're here for it, people. We're also here for a winning show lineup that includes a bunch of goodies. What's the best thing or things BYU football accomplished on Saturday night? Did it have anything to do with the dance move? And what does it all mean for the 2020 season projections? ESPN's Trevor Maddich on how to finalize a quote-unquote special season in Provo, is it the quest for perfection part two? Plus, our prop picks go under the microscope and bring on Boise State. Yep, I said it. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. BYU beats Troy 48-7 thanks to a Satake era. 664 yards, that's the high of the last five seasons. 472 of which were passing. 40 minutes of possession. Mm-hmm. Holy shnikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as a quarterback, you succeed based on based on everyone around you. You know, the other ten guys, and you know, I got receivers one on one on one matchups. You know, I got great play play calls from the coaches, and then you know, I rarely ever get touched back there. Indeed, he rarely does right now. Zach Wilson, twenty three of twenty eight, three hundred ninety two yards, four touchdowns, two of which were rushing. An incredible performance from Zach, and uh, Dax Milne was incredible as well. Here's the longest play of the season thus far. 
Zach Wilson play fake and a pump and a fire to the far side. Man open makes the catch. 40 and 35. Dax Milne 25 and 20. He's going to go into the end zone. Dax Milne touchdown. The Cougars 30 to 7 with a PAT pending. And they would make said PAT and several more points as well. BYU hosts Louisiana Tech Friday night. A general conference Friday night weekend matchup with the Bulldogs. The results of the Y factor on Saturday night proves my point. That Dax Milne's that most underappreciated offensive weapon on the BYU football team. We'll discuss the atrocity it was that was the wife factor pick later. <laughs> BYU football, as we approach the first weekend in October, firmly in the Associated Press poll, now at number 22. People are asking, whoa, they blew up for what? They dropped four spots. The Big Ten, Pac-12, and technically, Mountain West were all invited Although back in. The Mountain West going. didn't have anybody in the top yeah, 25. Yeah. But with that insurgence of two Power 5 conferences, you expected BYU to drop a little bit. Hey, to number 22. I'll take it. This is yeah. a legit yeah. poll now. To me, it's the fact that BYU stayed. Not that they dropped. It's that they stayed. Ranked teams that have yet to play games but are ahead of BYU. Ohio State, Penn State, Oregon, and Wisconsin. I think they deserve it. Those four deserve it. Yeah. Cougars in the NFL notables include Fred Warner had a pick with five tackles in the Niners' 36-9 win against the Giants. Jamal Williams had 14 yards rushing and a three-yard catch for the Packers in a win against the Saints. And Taysom Hill had six yards rushing, uh, but a critical fumble in the fourth quarter. It was a big story. And a one-yard catch. Uh, Daniel Sorensen and the Chiefs play the Ravens tonight in a mega matchup on Monday Night Football. This is as good of a Monday Night Football game as I can remember in the past who knows when. Oh, It's going to be very, very this fun. This is the showdown. Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson? Well, it's really Lamar Jackson versus Daniel Sorensen, but I feel what you Preview of the <laughs> AFC Championship, perhaps? Perhaps. Who are the Seahawks going to play in the Super Bowl? We'll find out tonight. <laughs> Just, they need to cover Tyler Lockett if they're going to beat the Seahawks, right? Well, Good DK three. Metcalf's got to walk into the end zone first. Uh, Mountain West Conference Commissioner Craig Thompson, yep, he's still around, told the media there's a potential that a Boise State-BYU previously scheduled game could be played. Yes! November 6th or 7th looks like the potential date because Air Force plays Army that day, which means there is... A necessary left-out Mountain West team that needs a game. May as well be Boise State and BYU. Now, what's interesting about this, BYU was already originally scheduled to play Boise State on November 6th. So they could just keep the Friday night game. Weekend. Mm. All other Mountain West Conference games would be conference only. So the exception, hopefully, is accepted for BYU and Boise State. I want it so bad. We'll talk about this later as well. What would it mean for BYU and their potential of a special season. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Take that, Troy. Two games, two blowouts. BYU football maintains their top 25 status in spite of the Power 5 influx. Why? Total and utter domination. A 48-7 to blowout victory, Jerem. What are your top takeaways from Saturday night's spectacle? He's pretty good, man. Uh, no one's complaining about uh, the weakness of the schedule right now, just enjoying BYU playing. So there's two thoughts to this. One is who you play and how you play. So who is just BYU? Tom Homo just had to get games on the schedule, right? And he got Navy on Monday Night Football. He got Troy. He got Louisiana Tech, who won 10 games last year, by the way. And then how you play. BYU is dominating. So what what do you need to do in these games to to – 
make a, a statement. You need to win, and you need to win big. We talked about how margin matters. It really does. And here BYU goes again. I thought Troy would put up more of a fight. I really did. They did not. BYU dominated. This was awesome. This was awesome. And BYU's playing really well, and they're in the top 25. This is great. Let's enjoy this. Because I think this has potential to last longer than it's ever lasted in independence, mainly because of the schedule, but also because this group is responding to the schedule in an excellent way. Um, other than Dax Milne fumbling, which is the only blight on this game, really, and BYU's inability to convert on third down early, but it, they had scored 31 or 38 points without it, so who cares? BYU's playing so well right now. And, and again, I know the schedule's a little weaker. And listen, I'm not, like, happy that the schedule's weak. I'm happy that BYU's winning and dominating. That's the number one thing. I would love if there were, like, three Power Fives on the schedule and then BYU could really validate itself. That Boise State game might be the thing to do that, right? We'll see. Hopefully Houston's good. Still haven't played. But this is just utter domination. And that's the story is that BYU is just crushing fools. And when you leave Kairos Tonga unblocked, he said, that play symbolized the way mm. BYU's playing in the first two games. <laughs> just running through people. And, and this was a passing game for Zach Wilson. To me, this was Zach Wilson's best game as a Cougar, by the way. It was not the Potato Bowl. It was this game because his decision-making is so good. He's barely getting touched. He made the, re- the read option. He walks in. I mean, this was an excellent game on all fronts from BYU. Can Zach Wilson wear royal on royal every game? Because whenever he wears the only uniform combo, like everyone, special things happen. Everyone else wears different colors, but Zach's just a royal and royal. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Maybe the quarterback takes over. Like, that becomes a thing in football, like the goalie, where the quarterback's yeah. just, like, in different the, colored <laughs> yes, clothing. Yes, exactly. It's like, why is he wearing yellow today? You want uh, to make a statement, win impressively? How about this? Two games for BYU football in 2020. 103 total points scored. My math on the air has that at 51 and a half points per game. Which is our stat of the day. Oh, well, there you go. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU football has outscored its opponents 103 to 10, as you mentioned, leading the country. SMU is plus 80, by the way. Mm -hmm. So the offense is awesome, like you said. Which brings us to another stat of the day. (laughs) We'll just keep playing the music. BYU's outgained its opponents 1,241 to 330 this season. That's it? Are we sure that's the right number? Channeling my inner Billy Nixon. Okay, the, it, yes. And then and then the uh, – so Zach Wilson has a great game. And then, then the receivers, Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney go off. It's incredible. Which brings us to a third stat of the day. Wow. We've never played this song this long. The first 100-yard receiving duo since 2015. All of these things How long does this song go? All of these things are fantastic. 103 total points scored. Oh, we have 30 more seconds of music? 10 combined points surrendered. Jerem, through two games, BYU has committed a total of three penalties. Three penalties. I want more. In two games. I want more. I want more aggression. You know who's the most bored about all this? Ryan Rico. He's punted once per game. (laughs) Just like, hey, guys, I'm over here. You need me. Like, is his scholarship worth it right now? He's punting once a game? Two punts. Oh, that was the entire song. That's the, two games. That's the first time we've ever played that entire song. And as uh, one of my Twitter followers so aptly pointed out, mm-hmm. yes, Spencer, and two kneel downs inside the five 
after dominating your opponents in victory formation. So BYU is 6 of 7 in both games. So literally, BYU is, you take those two out. Perfect. 12 for 12 in the red zone. That means you made your field goal or you scored a touchdown, right? So th- this is incredible. Gunnar Romney is really, really good. Back-to-back hundies, receiving, awesome. Dex Milne's greatest game as a Cougar. We'll talk about that Y factor a little later. But the defense needs to be discussed. The defense, this is BYU, so we talk about offense. The defense has allowed 10 points in two games. BYU was always going to win these two games with the way the defense was playing. In fact, I would say the defense has won the game for BYU both games. The offense, 55 and 48, what do you mean? BYU doesn't need a lot of offense right now. They don't. BYU's literally needed four and and, uh, eight points, (laughs) right? And BYU gives up one big play at the end of the first half. Otherwise, this is shut up. And uh, word has it, Kalani Satake and coaching staff were not very happy about said big play. Well, good. And they were fired up, and they lit a fire under the team at halftime, and it worked. Okay, we talked a lot about, oh, who's going to be on the field? So let's assess who wasn't in the game and what impact that had, if anything. So Chandon Herring at right tackle, Kiefer Longson unavailable. We knew Tristan Hodge with pneumonia. Blake Freeland played really well at right tackle, by the way. Um, who? So who else? I think based. Were there any cornerbacks not available? Keenan Ellis Only or something? Only one, uh, yeah, because Isaiah Heron played. Isaiah Heron played. Isaiah Kafusi played. Chaz Ayu's out. We talked about this uh, last week, but, yeah, big blow with Chaz Ayu out for the year. That's a bummer. So that season-ending injury yeah. total has now hit four with Chaz Ayu, Matt Bushman, Hinkley, Ropati, and Jackson McChesney. And Jackson McChesney. So that's a bummer. But and, and think about all of this offense, by the way, without Matt Bushman. If, it, if you had Matt Bushman, maybe this opened up things for Gunnar Romney and Dax Mill and company. So waiting for Neil Palu to kind of emerge in this. But the losing the top three receivers, but then having Gunnar and Dax show up like this is like, wow. And Gunnar's legit. Gun, among, among teams that have played at least two games, Gunnar is second in the country at 30 yards a catch. 30 yards a catch. And we are hoping Mormon that he maintains like represent. 18. That would be fantastic. The whole thing, 18 would be incredible, right? Yeah. No, so far, so good. He's the guy that BYU thought they signed out of high school now. I keep seeing people, and this is from BYU's own fan base, too, on social media, say, you realize who BYU has played, right, Spencer? High school football. You Look at who they're playing. No. Have you forgotten what has happened in the recent past? BYU lost to 4-8 and eight USF. BYU lost to 6-6 six and six Toledo. BYU you lost to UMass three years ago. You didn't qualify for a bowl game. Are you kidding me? Like, have you forgotten what happened just a couple of years ago? That BYU had a losing record couple against of years group ago. of five teams coming into this season? You mean last year? Those two games you mentioned were last year. Come on. Like, enjoy this. Enjoy this. BYU's taking care of business against Navy. Every day! And Troy. Yeah. So... Call it what you will, but, like, don't forget what has so recently happened. And still could happen. Let's this not, like, get carried away. For the first two games, seems to have clearly turned a corner. Absolutely. Juniors and seniors, we thought this team would be improved, but the way they played is way better than I thought they High would. school football competition, Spencer. So happy. Get out of here with that. Oh, jeez. It's called a mute button. Our question of the day. Which they can do to us, too. What is your biggest takeaway from BYU's 48-7 to win over Troy? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Drew Hagen answers on Twitter. 
Biggest takeaway from the Troy game is hopefully that the Navy game is not a fluke, as well as showing us that with a strong offensive line, the BYU offense is very strong, and also that the BYU defense came to play. Yep, only issue with the BYU D right now is more they need more takeaways. That's it. Everything else is great. Literally BYU, everything else. Oh, who pointed out? Ralph Russo said yesterday on Twitter, I've got a lot of BYU followers. Mm-hmm. I'd like to point out that BYU through two games is minus one combined in turnover margin, which means all of their dominance is coming because they're just better than the competition. Yes. It's not they've been gifted or luck right. anything. Right, or skilled, because takeaways, sometimes they're skill, sometimes they're luck, right? But, yeah, let's go. BYU's playing great. This is, fu- this is fun, man. This is fun. Enjoy this. Hey, everybody. We, we will. Put on the blue goggles and enjoy this, you know? This isn't UMass three years ago. Let's go. Coming up, the unscheduled game that could help vault BYU into more of the New Year's Six conversation. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Maddich of ESPN joins us for his weekly segment, Maddich Monday. Does he feel that the Cougars' number 22 ranking is fair based on what they've done through two weeks? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coordinators' corners on deck after us on the BYU TV app. Gregor Bell chats with defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. What a performance from his group. And Ed Lamb, they've been flawless as well. On one Eastern on the BYU TV app. Just a little little fumble from Dax Milne. That's, that's it. All the kicks made. 54-yarder. It's going to be a fun conversation. He compensated for the early drop, and so did the oh, BYU defense. I, yeah, and like I said, Dex Milne fumbled that just so it seems like BYU's beatable. Just so there's a little hint of like, ah, they make mistakes. Yeah, like you got to give the opponent some hope. Yeah. We are live in Studio B on a Monday with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Per tradition, it is now our opportunity to welcome in ESPN college football analyst and national champion Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, what was better, BYU's overall performance or their royal-on-royal uniform combination on Saturday night? Uh, You know what? The performance is the best, but the uniforms are a close second. I love the royal blue, although my wife is an artist, and she did correct me. She said those are actually cobalt blue, but that's closer to the royal blue than navy. So that's I, I love that look. Now if they can just go to the blue, uh, royal blue and white pants, that would be perfect. Now, Trevor, you're stirring up so much controversy this whole week. Athletic, uh, you know, they're going to be talking, wait, is this cobalt or is it royal? Uh, but that's maybe the only problem going on with BYU football right now. So far, 2-0. and Ranked 22nd BYU stays in the polls after basically everyone uh, comes back into the AP poll. What's your reaction to BYU so far this season? They've been dominant, and it's complete the way they've been doing it. I mean, we've seen teams that are looking good, but they're struggling on one side of the ball or the other. BYU so far has looked dominant everywhere, and they have really earned the respect of a whole bunch of jaded football people out at ESPN, whether it's Uh, analysts who have played the game or whether it's broadcasters who've been around for a long time, they love the way that BYU respects the game. They love the way the players and coaches go about their business and to earn the respect of some of these people is really something. And so I think that the way that they are playing, they've been dominant on the field, but the way that they do it continues a tradition at BYU that impresses people that are very difficult to impress. The newest top 25 out from the Associated Press, and here comes the insurgence of Pac-12 teams, the Big Ten, the Mountain West, yet BYU 
only drops four spots, and they remain in the top 25 at number 22. Do you feel like that ranking is fair and deserved based on BYU's strength of schedule? I think it's fair because this is a year that you can't really count strength of schedule like you would in past years. Had this not been a pandemic year, we're talking about a season where they play Utah, Boise State, Minnesota, Michigan State, Arizona State, Stanford. There wouldn't be a question about strength of schedule. But there are a lot of teams that have really struggled. And Houston, I don't think, has played yet. They've had like four consecutive openers canceled because of the, or postponed at least because of the virus. And so this is a season where strength of schedule needs to be, I think, put in the backseat a little bit. And you look and see the eye test, how the teams play. I kind of think that the committee will go about it that way when they have their final rankings on December 20th, because you might have an ACC champion that played 12 games. You might have a, a Pac-12 champion that played seven. Now what do you do? Right. And BYU is sort of caught in the middle. I think everybody understands that ranks, that evaluates, that it's not BYU's fault that the schedule did what it did. The teams that BYU has played so far, they're on scholarship too. And BYU went out and took care of business. And I think that is the standard that they'll be judged by. Yeah. Margin matters. And we talked about it last week. BYU not, not putting up 60 or 70, but winning by you know 35 plus and whatnot is is always a, a dominant performance yet uh when you look at who's BYU is playing the rest of the year we've talked about hey we feel like BYU is going to add in November Tom Homo the athletic director of BYU told uh, 1280 the zone in Salt Lake City this morning he feels like he can be selective he doesn't want to play just anybody in November and then we're hearing last week hey Boise State BYU there's a shot on November 7th because Air Force is playing uh who is it Navy or oh. Army uh so there's an odd man out so BYU might get an opportunity to play a good game or two in November that could help their cause should they still be undefeated. They might, and you can look forward now and look at other teams' schedules and try to find matching openings. But I think it's more likely that you'll have cancellations or postponements that will come up at that time, and it'll be a last-minute ad, much like Navy was for the opener. Keep this in mind, too, though, that BYU is an attractive ad for certain kinds of teams. Teams in the Group of Five, for example, that are ranked that want to bolster their resume might want to add BYU late if their schedule comes open, if it's possible, if BYU remains undefeated, if BYU remains ranked, because it gives that opponent a chance to face a ranked team BYU and impress the committee. And whether or not they make the playoffs, you're talking about New Year's Six, you're talking about better bowl games, all kinds of possibilities that playing a schedule that adds a team like BYU could give them, and especially in the group of five since they lost most of their non-conference games against Power 5 schools, BYU would be a very attractive consideration for them if the schedules meet. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Trevor, you have clamored for more from Zach Wilson, saying you want to see his progression in the downfield passing attack. Did Zach Wilson give you enough on Saturday night against Troy with his career-high 392 passing yards, or is there still something there that you want to see in terms of development? Well, as great as he was, and that was a career day for Zach, he still is not nearly as good as he's going to be. The impressive thing about that game, besides just the spectacular highlights, I mean, Gunnar Romney's catch at the one-yard line, that's an all-timer. That was phenomenal. Diving catch, um, perfectly thrown ball. That was He could have been covered by anybody by any three guys, and that still would have been a completion because of where that ball was placed. It was beautiful. A lot of throws like that from Zach Wilson in that game. The the thing that I want to see him continue to do is continue to improve, continue to develop that chemistry, but guys going back to 
sort of the beginning in full circle. The impressive thing about it wasn't just the catches. The impressive thing was that they came so early because it's hard to have chemistry when you don't get spring ball the way you normally do, when you can't go out in the summertime on your own and throw with the receivers or you're limited that way, when you're limited in fall practice and summer camp. Then all of a sudden you come in with your three top wide receivers gone, your All-American pass receiving tight end out with an injury for the season, and you've got to develop chemistry with a whole new group of pass catchers for the most part. And for that chemistry to take such a leap from game one to game two is phenomenal. If they keep growing, then BYU, BYU is a force now. They'll be an even greater force. And it just makes me wish that the schedule had been what it had been before because BYU with the defense the way it's playing, with one of the better offensive lines in the country and running backs that are so much fun to watch, and a passing attack that clicks, that's a BYU team that's tough to beat for anybody. And I think that's one of the reasons that they've remained ranked even with the addition of the Big Ten of the Pac-12 schools in the AP poll, because pollsters see that. When you look at what BYU would have played and who they're playing and whatever, we're, we're, we were always hoping, okay, they need to get over this seven-win hump. Like, that's not enough. You know, you're just barely above 500. Yet BYU's playing a schedule that is a little bit lesser, of course. It's what they could put together. So what, what do you think BYU needs to do to do something special this year? And, and does it include that they do need to add some quality competition to be able to at-large their way into, say, hold on, a New Year's Six? Okay, the, that's a very good question. And I think for it to be a special season, they don't need to be in the New Year's Six. They don't even need to be undefeated. They need to continue playing the way they're playing. But if they play the way they're playing, they have a very good chance of sweeping. But it's one week at a time. It's one quarter at a time. It's actually, for the players, one play at a time. As fans, we watch the games and we we think of the season. We look at the schedule. We wonder what could happen. And even with this schedule, if they sweep this schedule, it will be an extraordinarily special season. They've already had to deal with coronavirus in the same way that other teams have in terms of the limited preparation. They've had now to deal with guys being quarantined, and they hopefully won't continue that, but they may. And if they're able to take care of business through all that, I think they should get tremendous credit because it's not just a matter of defeating teams on the field. It's a matter of defeating the virus, about having the discipline to keep it out of your ecosystem and your program, and then the luck, or BYU, they might say the blessings, to keep it from dominating as well in the in the program for it to be special in order to get into the new year six if we define that as special byu would have to pick up another probably couple of games against teams that are either ranked or close to being ranked and continue to dominate and then they might need a little bit of help as well because the strength of schedule you know it's it's not going to be a big factor as it was with the committee and they're the ones who decides who's in the new year's sixth but it still will be a factor when they get into that 9, 10, 11, 12 team to round out the New Year's Six. So I, I don't want to put the pressure on them that the season is only special if somebody else puts them into a, a bowl or ranks them a certain way. If they take care of their business under all the obstacles that they're facing, if they continue what they're doing, this season will be as special as any season BYU has ever had. We're talking. We get ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Uh, Trevor, as good as the offense has been, and within the nature of football, we look at scoring points and 103 after two games. It's incredible. What about the BYU defense? What's working so well for the BYU defense through two games? 
they've got stars on all the levels. I mean, Kairos Tonga, Kairos Tonga is so much fun to watch. He just, he just, watching people try to block him is like watching angry children try to block a, a, a building. They come up and they swarm around him, but he's like, ah, whatever, you know, you're just, whatever. That's Kairos Tonga. He's just an amazing force in the middle. And then other guys on the end have actually stepped up and developed some pass rush. I was really impressed with the organic pass rush against Troy. But what really makes this thing fun to watch, and I think what makes BYU's defense special this year, is the linebackers and safeties are so active. There's so many playmakers. There's so much speed overall top to bottom there. And with Coach Tuiaki calling the plays, you can utilize those guys. You can line them up in certain places, and they've got the speed and the range to end up someplace completely different by the second step of the quarterback. And that kind of range creates all kinds of game planning possibilities. So when you watch all this stuff happen, they come and hit you in the side of the helmet that you don't expect them to be able to reach. And that causes problems for offenses. Could you have blocked him, Trevor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah Kyrus? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, he'd have been crying at the end of the game. He'd have been, he'd have been begging me to stop. Uh, actually, you know what? I am really fortunate to not have had to uh, to not have had to deal with him. I don't think I'd be 6'5 right now. I'd be about 6'2". Although Brad Smith was our nose guard in the national championship. Um, and I will tell you this season, Brad Smith in practice was the toughest guy I had to go against all season. Mm. And the Michigan nose guard was one of only two Wolverines in the history of their football program to make first team all Big Ten all four years. And that national championship season, the Holiday Bowl, was his second season. So he was already first team all Big Ten for the second time. And Brad Smith, our nose guard, was tougher. Mm. I think that helps James Empey because whoever he goes against in the game ain't going to be Kyrus. Hey, well said. Great perspective, (laughs) Trevor. It's always nice to catch up with you. We're glad that you're still 6'5 today. Yes, thank you. Me too. <laughs> ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, the quest for perfection part, duh. And why in the world did I not win the Y Factor on Saturday? I don't, I don't know. I have issues with this. Come on! Details next. This is BYU Sports Nation. More of everything that matters. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Join us tomorrow for BYU Football with Kalani Sataki as we recap the Troy win. Visit with quarterback Zach Wilson. People who explore the life of Jaron Hall and we preview the matchup with Louisiana Tech. 8.30 Eastern tomorrow night on the BYU TV app. He is Jeremiah Spencer and this is BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Left tackle Brady Christensen was named the Pro Football Focus Team of the Week. Did more Cougars deserve to make the list? I think everybody on the offensive line deserves to make that list after the two performances they have collectively put together. Understandable why Brady Christensen is there because he's the guy for Pro Football Focus, but hey, James Empey, Chandon Herring, those guys are bringing it, man. Yeah, I... I thought about Zach Wilson, but then I remembered K.J. Costello of Mississippi State, Stanford transfer, goes to play for Mike Leach, throws a record 623 yards against uh, LSU and wins at Death Valley. So Zach was awesome, but he wasn't the best this week. No, it's, it's uh, clearly the offensive line. And the big, the big hogs like that up front, don't they? All right, Gunnar Romney was named the Y-Factor on Saturday after our 
or during our BYU TV postgame show, I picked Dax Milne, who scored a touchdown, Jerem, unlike the winner, had more receiving yards. <laughs> Which is going to run. More rushing yards, so more total yards, and yeah. ripped off the longest play of the season after a ridiculous route. Should my Y Factor pick have won? You just made the argument. You took all the ammo from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the fumble, the fumble was a bigger deal to whoever selected that. I used to be the selector. I am not now because I don't produce the free and post game. The difficulty of catches that Gunnar Romney made on two specifically was very high. But are we are we giving the Y factor based on the difficulty of catches? Because his name is Gunnar. Or, or Dak should have won. More touchdown. More touchdown. More yards. He had more touchdown. Yeah. It's all good. Got to keep it competitive, right? Yeah, got to give Blaine one occasionally, right? BYU opened as a 22-point favorite against Louisiana Tech. 22? Even more than Troy? Wow. That's up to 24 now. Too high, too low, or just right? So I thought it would be closer to like 17. Mm-hmm. 17 plus? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Nope. Um, <laughs> tw- 22. That's a lot, man. I mean, BYU is awesome, and Louisiana Tech, I mean, they have an explosive offense against eh, competition. Houston Baptist. What, what Let's go 31 three? against Southern Miss, 66 against Houston Baptist at our barbecue. I I feel like this is just a little bit too high. I don't know. 22 it's feels just like right, lo- baby. Really? No, it's 24 right now. Oh, so it, 24, it, sorry. it moved up from 22. It's just right because guess what? BYU is wrecking fools right now. Get out the way, man. That BYU O-line going to come through your face. Like, they're bam, just boom, into everybody right now. I am very excited about this, but you're right. Seven. I, I'm scared to say, listen, normally I'm like, don't be superstitious, but I am scared to say 17 plus right now. <laughs> but it is Monday. It is Monday. We have five days to <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> the oh. audience is like, no! Oh. Hey, 24. I like the confidence, man. Zach Wilson was just named to the Davey O'Brien National Quarterback Awards Grade 8 list. He's also one of the Manning Award Stars of the Week for a second straight week. Nice. But most importantly, Jeremy, comes in at 77% on the Burrow Index. Go Tigers. Ranked sixth and is a combination of raw and rate stats, personality, wins, whatever, bonus points. Hair? Um, no. Will Zach Wilson stay top 10 on the Burrow Index this season? Yeah, he's going to dominate this competition. And he's he's been so good. Uh, healthy, third year, has started third year with this offensive staff. He's been amazing, yes. I think he should be. And when he beats Boise State and BYU wins on the blue for the first time in November, it will be affirmed. Make that game happen. BYU posted a number of iconic BYU sports figures or alumni as cardboard cutouts on Saturday in the East Stands. Taysom Hill, Jim McMahon, even Mitt Romney. Uh, where were we? That's a great question. I didn't even think about wait, that. Wait, I'm being told uh, iconic, so never mind. We won't be in there. I was just wondering where Ty Detmer was. <laughs> I'm like, the Heisman. Yeah, where's Ty? Was, and Jim McMahon was on there twice. BYU version of Jim McMahon. He should be on there three times. And Chicago Bears version of Jim McMahon. Yeah. They should have had the Roselle version of Jim McMahon as well. Right. Maybe they're still making it. Okay. We know a guy. Charlene Wells Hawks was up there. Oh, we don't fit in that category. Miss Utah, Miss America 1985. She's way better looking than us. Dale Miller, Danny Ainge, Steve Young. Yeah. One day. (laughs) One day. Although, although, state of the end, I got a little something that did show up at the stadium. Okay. Related to us. Ooh, like that tease. State of the end. We are now tracking Cougar opponents on a Monday. Let's go. 
Louisiana Tech, the aforementioned Bulldogs, doubled up Houston Baptist, Jerem. They scored 66 points. La Tech quarterback Luke Anthony threw five touchdowns, 314 yards in the game. The Bulldogs in Provo Friday night, 24-point underdogs. Houston Baptist scored 38. Come on. UTSA, 3-0 now. They beat Middle Tennessee 37-35. They must stink if they played a close one with Middle Tennessee. Quarterback Frank Harris didn't return after an injury in the first half at UAB Saturday, but undefeated UTSA. I hope, they, I hope they're undefeated when they come to Pro Bowl on October 10th. That'd really help the New Year's Six combo. <laughs> UTS. Houston still hasn't played a game. Yeah. They've had five different games canceled or postponed. They're scheduled to face Tulane on the 8th of October, which will be their first game of the season before they host BYU on October 16th. And by the way, that game, as of 10 minutes ago, moved from ESPN2 to ESPN. That's the power of Brigham. Please Go. play. Texas State led Boston College by 7 in the 4th, and then we're outscored by 10 to lose 24-21. 1-3 on the year, bye week then at Troy, October 10th. What do you want to win that game, Texas State or Troy? Troy. <laughs> Troy's a better shot to be good. Okay. Western Kentucky, the 0-2 Hilltoppers, Big Red, enjoyed a bye week. They'll get their first win when they face Middle Tennessee next week. Why is not BYU playing Middle Tennessee? Everyone's playing Middle Tennessee. Yeah. North Alabama's playing four games this fall. They're an FCS team, three versus FBS. Uh, they play at Liberty Saturday to begin the fall season. They'll play in the spring as well. I'm not so sure I want Liberty on the schedule anymore, even if uh, we're available, Jim. Why is that? They've spurned me. They have spurned you personally? And I think BYU has better potentials out there now. Oh. Okay. Including Army who suffered their first loss of the season to Cincinnati, ranked Cincinnati, 24-10. So, perfect season out the window. I think Army now has no reason to not schedule BYU. Tom Homo this morning on uh, 1280 Zone said it's, it's still a possibility. They've got Abilene Christian up next, a Division II foe. Maybe at a bye, one and one right now, at Air Force Saturday afternoon. Go Middies. Mandarin-Chief uh, game. Yeah, go Navy. Need to win. Help BYU out here for the uh, RPI. Coming up, it's really playing Boise State this year. We'll discuss. We still need to make our own version of the RPI in college oh, football. Gross. Is it perfection or bust for BYU football? Have we reached that point after two games? This is BYU Sports Nation. Fire up the t-shirts, baby. Let's go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. At further review has a lot to review after furtherness. Tuesday night. 7 Eastern, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon. Woo, the Troy game was good. They have a lot of film to break down. In fact, uh, there's almost too much film to break down. Tuesday they, night. I just want them to break down one play. The Kyle Griffiths reception. <laughs> the reaction by his, his teammates on the teammate, sideline after. Yeah, be as good a teammate as Kyle Griffiths. Where people are <laughs> that excited for you. Yeah. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a winning Monday in Studio B. A lot of you will feel uncomfortable about going here mentally, but we, we need to address this. Because BYU and what they've done through two games requires that we go there. Now, if you're a BYU football player, feel free to turn off the TV, turn off the podcast, whatever. What's you, up? What's up, Kyrus? You don't need to hear it. It's Hello, fine. Jerem. This is this is fan Thank fodder. You, Dennis, your old news. Jerem is the 2020 season in 2020 for for goodness sake. This season of all seasons, the quest for perfection part 
two. Uh, listen, we ain't making T-shirts and uh, Broncos nuts saying that, well, it's in the mission statement of the university. That's what happened before. Uh, luckily, there's no tradition spirit and honor on the back of the unis either. But let's look at ESPN's FBI and tell us whether this is a valid mm-hmm. thing or not. Mm-hmm. Okay, So BYU's 2-0. Oh, they won uh, by a margin of uh, a million to 10 right now. Okay, Friday, October 2nd. This Friday, 93% chance to beat Louisiana Tech. I'll round up for ease. UTSA, 98. Oh. At Houston's now 62. That used to be BYU was a dog at home, as you mentioned, and now it's 62. Texas State, 96. Western Kentucky, 92. And North Alabama is literally 99.8. So 100% if you round up. Well, don't ask UVU hoops about that, but yeah. So it, is it... A, as currently constituted, all those in favor, please make it manifest. Yes, this is a quest for perfection, part two. It is. It is. But if BYU adds Boise State, now, ooh, there's, ooh. now there's a foe. Yet, yet, I'm going to continue to go where I've been going, which is BYU will play a close game or lose a game you don't expect. I don't know if I expect it in these eight or seven, I guess, right? <laughs> Sorry, eight. But I, I would like to see Boise State on November 7th. I would like to see Army on... November 28th. Yes. Because look, the, who BYU's playing, these are all winnable. All, every single one, obviously. We just went through it. It's like at Houston, 62%. We don't know what Houston's going to bring, but that'll be BYU's first challenge. It really will be. But if you had Boise State and Army, now you have legit, okay, at Boise State, everyone respects that win. Everybody in the country. Army, let's hope they stay a one-loss team to Cincinnati. Oh, that was a nice win, too. Houston, that was a nice win. Yeah, I don't think, and I don't think Army's going to lose another game. the bad games, the worst games, oh, well, they pounded them. That's how you can neutralize your opponent is just crush them. You go, oh, well, they crushed them. So it doesn't matter how bad they are. That's how BYU can do this quest for protection. That's high school football competition, Spencer. Listen, it, Texas State uh, hung with uh, SMU. Uh, They just about beat Boston College on the road. Right. UTSA hasn't beaten anybody. I know that on, like, game day when they have these discussions, those games won't pop. But what BYU can do is pound these teams. Dominate. Yes. But I'm telling you, they will play a close game where we go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Why was that close? It'll happen. I promise. Listen to this, okay? If BYU finishes the season with a road win at Navy, a road win at Houston, and a road win at Boise State. And or Army. What's not to like about validating the easier schedule? If your toughest three games were all on the road and you won all three of those. And I would take one point wins in those. I don't need a I don't need a big win per se. You got a fifty two point win at Navy. Right. Like who's to say that the schedule isn't enough if BYU can win their toughest three games of the season? All on the road. We're not too early in assessing this, by the way. Look at the way BYU's played in the first two. Why wouldn't we start thinking about that? We started thinking about it after Navy. And that was appropriate because BYU played so well, it was like, wait a minute. BYU's got a junior quarterback. They've got a third-year offensive staff together. It's Kalani Satake's fifth year. We are seeing the flower bloom. We didn't know that it would be this year per se. But here we are. Three-year project. And it's been, and it's the fifth year, yeah. And it's been post-Taysom Hill and Jamal. BYU's stunk, right? They, they've not been better than a seven-win team, and it's been hard. But here we are watching BYU against lesser competition dominate. That's exactly what you need to do. And BYU's doing it. They're playing better than I thought. I thought Troy would be a little bit better. Listen, maybe Troy was okay and BYU was just that much better. Like, and maybe Navy's what, okay. Right, right. 
Um, so this is exciting. Enjoy this time together with BYU football where they are playing like a team that reminds us of some of the teams that played in the late 2000s. I'm not saying BYU is going to be like the 11-2 and two type, but they're sure looking the part right now. They're sure looking the part, Spencer. I what trust it, they, dude. What are they doing that tells us otherwise? We just need to see BYU play Houston, I think, before we go. Okay, now, now we know. BYU beats Houston on October 16th. They're undefeated going into the game, obviously, after yeah. wins over Louisiana Tech and UTSA. And You'd be 5-0. and 5-0 and coming out of a road win at Houston. Then you start to pick up some steam. And if the Boise State game is then looming on the schedule for November 6th or 7th, you want to talk about an anxiety game for BYU fans? The the top of the list of the group of five anxieties because BYU's never won on the blue turf. Right. And and never is a is a perfect word there, but three losses by one. Like they obviously Zach Wilson has a redemption game coming up if BYU plays Boise State, where he ate it at the goal line and cost BYU the game. Granted, he got he helped get BYU to that point, but that's a that would be a huge game. In fact, if BYU doesn't play Boise State on November sixth or seventh. I will be very disappointed. In fact, I think BYU needs that game for a shot to get into uh, New Year's Six, if, if it comes to that. If BYU does not have the Boise State game, it will be hard to get in. Because and if- BYU needs a validating win. They will have said, okay, Navy and Houston, that's nice, but there's no P5s. What else is there? Boise State and or Army. Those look nice. Those look nice. Real talk. If the Mountain West Conference has any hope of getting their team into a New Year's Six conversation, Boise State needs BYU. True. True. Let's they go. need each other. Because they're in this not playing game. any non-con. It is yeah. yes, it's the quest for perfection. Even for BYU football players, you want to win every game. And after what they've been in two games, the quest is on. Let's go. Let's go. Coming out, Rise and shout out to program makers. And our prop picks recap. Have we broken the tie? I mean our, our track record's pretty good overall. I whiffed yeah. on one for sure. But if we broken the tie, this is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We continue with this daily reminder. The show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYUSN podcast and don't forget to subscribe rate and review the show i love this part of the show on every monday it is time for our test results Mm, in the form of prop picks presented by byu food to go the mvp of your next event going into the weekend jeremy and i were tied at five points apiece jason shepherd behind by one point at four where do we stand after week three number one more receptions by gunner romney or rush attempts by Gunnar Watson of Troy. And it's Watson with six carries because BYU sacked him a bunch of times. Yeah, that, that's what I thought would happen. And so Jason and I got that one. You did not. I said Gunnar Romney or Yeah, yeah. But five. if Gunnar Romney would have got more balls, then he would have had the Y factor for sure. So pick your poison. There. Can I win one of these? <laughs> I got hosed on both sides of that. Yeah, number two. More combined turnovers for BYU punts in the game. Third week in a row, we've had a push. Turnovers and BYU punts was one. One total turnover one. between the teams. So I, I tweeted punt. when Ryan Rico punts, I go, Ryan Rico right now. Wait, we punt in the first half now? <laughs> and that was it. I thought he, BYU would punt again. They did not. That was crazy. Both teams scored touchdowns on their opening drives of the season. 
We asked which team would score a touchdown first on Saturday night. We all said BYU, and indeed it was Mason Wake, who is woke after a one-yard rush. Yeah, as our social team put out, don't sleep on Mason Wake. That was good. <laughs> I didn't even get it until Monday. That was good. Okay, number four. Will BYU cover the 14-point spread? Uh, gold? Yeah. I said no. I thought this was going to be a closer game. I thought Troy would do more. Nope, BYU just dominated, man. And I'm happy to be wrong on that one. I will be happy to be wrong on that all season. Just switch the numbers, right? 14, I meant 41. 41, 41. and it's a push. You saw a one and a four? I saw one. Oh, oh, wait, wait. It was 14? Yeah. I thought it was 41. Yeah, yeah. 41. Yeah, okay. So after those prop picks, everybody's all tied up. Sevens across the board. Are we legally obligated to include Jason as this? In, the, in this? Legally? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jason's tied, though. He's a, he actually gets to pick every game. That's great. Our question of the day. After yep. much wailing and weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> gnashing, good gnashing of <laughs> Jason teeth. Jason has been allowed to pick all for every game. Our question of the day. What's your biggest takeaway from BYU's 48-7 win over Troy? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Tana Chris on Twitter. Jeff Grimes has grown as an offensive coordinator and play caller and is able to adapt BYU's offensive game plan to what the defense is giving him. Against Navy, BYU gashed him on the ground, so not much was asked from the passing game. Against Troy, the Trojans sold out to stop the run, and so BYU passed all day. Yeah, it just BYU's got playmakers. They really do. It's the combination of Grimes and Roderick, baby. Yeah. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Mine, go, mine goes to the program makers, so no fans in the stands, but they made a program. And congratulations, Spencer, you were on the back. But I was not. <laughs> this has happened before. Hey, have I ever been the only one featured on the back? I remember yeah, that has to be. I remember case. a basketball game where Yeah. I know you're more popular than me, but I just want some happen. validation. Yeah, so special picture. Also, we, we have a poster in here. Um, you know, we can just put we can just put this up, I guess, you know. Uh, Is that Mason know. Wake? <laughs> I, I, it, might, it might be Kyle Griffiths. Who knows, man? Oh, Slopini. Oh, goodness. Our thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Sorry to Dennis Pitta. Ran out of time. It's not 09, yet. <laughs> We're Jeremiah and Spencer. Shout out to Todd Christensen. Um, we'll see you on Coordinator's Corner coming up next. BYU TV app. Greg Rebell is going to talk through things with uh, Grimey. One day. <laughs>